Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today for episode 23. We're concluding a conversation series called Leaders in the Living Room. This series is all about helping followers of Jesus to glean wisdom from Christian leaders from around the country on how to lead in their homes and workplaces during a season like the one we're in with the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, children's minister Mallory Galloway joins the episode to share wisdom and insight from her living room perspective. Well, here we go. This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Well, hey guys, welcome to the show today. I'm super excited as we continue our series. Actually, we are concluding our series today uh, called Leaders in the Living Room, where we're talking to leaders across the country on how to lead our living rooms, our workspaces, and our home spaces. And I have to be honest with you today. Today is actually a very proud moment because when I started volunteering in student ministry, um, our guest today was one of our students. So this is, I feel old, but I also feel proud uh, because she is now a pastor minister at a local church there in Lebanon, Indiana. Please welcome to the show today, Miss Mallory Galloway. Mallory, say hi to the podcast for us. What is up, guys? I'm super excited to be joining today. This is going to be so awesome. Um, so I'm super ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. So Mallory was a part of the student ministry at Owensboro Christian Church. And so shout out to uh, our a good friend of both of ours, John Bell, JB, the Asian sensation uh, uh, that we love to call, uh, who uh, gave me the opportunity to serve as a volunteer and a pastor at, alongside with Mallory and all of those people. Mallory, it is so good to see you in ministry. Thanks. It's so weird. I, it's just so insane to think that I'm leading alongside people that, you know, led me um, and that it's kind of like this partnership and it's super cool. So I'm super thankful for you and for JB and for everyone that has gotten me to this point. So That's awesome. Uh, a lineage of legacy. That's that's what mm-hmm. this has been. It's been so good. Well, Mallory, why don't you do us a favor? Why don't you tell us, jump us off real quick. Tell us about who you are. Tell us who you are. Uh, we kind of know what you do, so tell us what you do and tell us why you're doing it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, as you said, I'm originally from Owensboro, Kentucky. Ooh, ooh, go OBKY. Um, right. And I just recently graduated from Johnson University in Knoxville, Tennessee, with a degree in children's ministry and Bible and theology. Um, so I graduated in May and then immediately moved here in June and started my job here in Lebanon. Um, and I work with kids first through fifth grade um, in the kids ministry here. And I work alongside amazing volunteers and leaders. Um, and we are teaching these kids about the ca- the character and the power of God. Um, and we're trying to teach them and lean them into this idea of being an outpost of hope. Um, that is that is our vision as a church is being an outpost of hope. Um, and so that is what we are trying to pour into these kids. Um, we are trying to teach them about the character of God and the importance of who he is um, and the life that we can live towards him. Um, so I work alongside amazing people here at Lebanon um, and I love what I do and I do what I do because um, as you guys have already heard, it's um, people like Michael Hinton and John Bell that poured into me at this age group that I'm working with. So when I was going through elementary school and middle school up into high school, you know, that's when I was poured into the most and that's kind of what impacted me the most. And so it is my 
hope and my vision that I can do that um, for the same age group and can do exactly what was done for me to others. So, man, that's awesome. Brought that brought tears to my eyes just listening to you talk oh, there. No. So, oh no, that's good, Valerie. It's so good. It's so good to be able to see leaders like yourself who you know grown up maybe in the church or maybe you know came to faith later on to recognize the calling and to not run from it. I mean, I'm sure it's probably was scary at times to think, gosh, I'm going to have to step in and try to help families and kids, you know, understand who their worth and their value is in Christ. And um, it's just awesome to see that. So I just want to say that it's just awesome to see that. I'm so thankful for you saying yes to your calling. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also want to, you said something about your, your, the mantra at your church, Lebanon Christian church, correct? Okay. The mantra is to be an outpost of hope. I love that. G- give us a little insight into what that means. Yeah. Um, so we as a church have this um, vision and this mission to not think of the church as um, very inclusive. We want to pour out this hope and this love and this grace of Jesus to everyone outside of our community, outside of our building, and even outside of just Lebanon's community in general. We can go as far as Indianapolis or as far as back to Kentucky or across, you know, the United States. Um, And so that is our vision is to share that hope and to share the truth um, and to be an outpost, to be a um, like guiding force and a pushing force um, to teaching that word and teaching that truth to people beyond our neighbors. Um, And so that is what our vision as an outpost um, of hope means here at LCC. And it means so much more. And I'm still learning um, as I'm going through early on what exactly that means. And I'm still learning about our mission and our vision and, and being taught um, better what that is. And so, um, yeah, that, that's what that means for us. That's so good. I love that. I, I love that idea of being a place that people can find hope because let's be real. This season has, at anything, has drained our hope. We're seeing it all over, right? Um, yeah. But if the church, if the if not the building necessarily, but the people of the building can be a place where people can find comfort and grace and truth through hope, well then man, all let's be for that, right? Yeah. And so speaking of that, you know, we're in this series, Mallory, called Leaders in the Living Room. And so we're trying to glean wisdom and hope from leaders like yourself around the country who um are leading in different areas. You're leading in your own home. Even though you're single, you're still leading your home, right? Because you have to lead yourself. And then you're leading organization. You're leading a part of the organization, um, especially in this season of the pandemic. So why don't you tell us, tell the podcast, how have you been doing personally in this season? How has it been leading yourself as you adjust from college to a working person? And then subsequently, how has it been leading your ministry in the workplace? Yeah, So I'm not at all someone that covers up anything in life and covers up the hardships and struggles. If anyone knows me, they know that. Um, So I'm just going to be honest. It has been one of the most difficult seasons of my life um, with this transition um, and learning how to adjust, um, not just from, you know, graduating from college and then going directly into a full-time ministry. Like that's scary in and of itself. But doing that in the middle of a pandemic, um, you know, it adds 100 times um, the, the, the burden and the stress and the anxiety on top of that. 
Um, and so it has been scary. It has been one of the most difficult seasons. Um, but during the, you know, in the midst of all of that anxiety and worry and, and this adjustment and how weird it has been and how new it has been, um, and through the disunity that we are seeing in our world, um, and the challenges that we're facing that are so crazy and difficult, not just for myself, but for anyone, um, I have found so much hope, um, which is the theme, this theme of hope has been coming up. Um, but I have just found, learned so much. I have found so um, much new things and new ideas about Christ and about my identity and about my purpose um, in ministry and for earth, you know, for the earth through that. Um, and so that even though the change has been scary and it has been difficult, it has been a great season of growth. And I have learned so much and I'm super excited um, and anticipating for a lot um, of new and really cool things to happen as I continue. Um, but I, I can look over the last four months and I can focus on the negative as much as I want, um, but I try to not be that kind of person. Um, and so even through the season, I can truthfully tell you moments if someone were to ask me, like, you know, what is a moment of positivity, a moment of hope that you have seen? I can pinpoint several of those already just in the past you know, six to eight months of being in this ministry and being in this transition during a pandemic. Um, so even through the challenges, the doubt, the fear, the scariness and the unknown of everything, um, good has come from that. And the provision of God has been so astounding and beautiful to me. So Yeah, that's awesome. And I can imagine, <laughs> I literally could not imagine what it's like, like, hey, you're going to graduate. Oh, wait, graduation's canceled because we can't be in the same room together, but you're now need to go find a job. Oh, wait, we can't work because you can't be in the same place together. Okay, you found a job and now you're a leader of a ministry. Oh, wait, you're going to have to change everything you just learned for the last four years of how to lead in this pandemic season. Oh, wait, by the way, now you can come back from graduation a couple months later. That is just nuts. I know it. So many curveballs, you know, it's insane to think looking back on that. And now that you've just said all of those in its order, I'm like, how in the world am I even here right now? I don't really know. <laughs> oh, gosh. And yet you are though. And that's yeah. the key thing is that even through it all, you're there. Right. And it would be one thing, Mallory, if the pandemic, if it was just the pandemic, right. If it was just COVID, but in the midst of this, as you know, we've had racial tensions, probably the worst that I've ever experienced in my lifetime and yours as well. I mean, we've had our nation divided crazy, especially in this uh, season of uh, the presidential elections and everything else. We've had murder hornets. We've had sandstorms in the Midwest. We've had fires out here in the West Coast. We've had, as you probably have seen, churches and their leaders publicly you know, just fighting and talking and yelling at each other. And through it all, you know, you're just trying to make the best decisions you can make for yourself and for your ministry that you're leading. So I know, you, how long have you been in your role now? Um, As of today, it'll be like we're four-ish months in. Okay, so four-ish months in. And, and even going back a little bit towards the end of your senior year of college, <laughs> If you could do some things differently, what would you do differently? Or would you say, no, actually, I feel very, I feel very confident in the decisions that I've made. And here's why. Yeah. Um, 
I think that there's definitely a lot I would do differently. I think if someone were to reply to that question with no, I think I did everything pretty well, maybe a little crazy. Because um, I look back on the last several months um, of not just the pandemic, but everything happening around us and then all of the circumstances of my own life. And if I look back on the ways that I have reacted or the things that I've said or the things that, that I've done, I would 100% do everything differently if I could go back into time and try again. Um, but I think a couple of things I would probably do differently. I'm a huge advocate for prayer. Um, and so I think that I was very weak in my prayer life in these moments because I was so worried with the transition and the busyness of life. And I was trying to get everything done and moving from one state to another and graduating and saying bye to friends and family that I just forgot to pray. Um, and it is also in moments of the disunity that I was so angry or frustrated with the disunity going on around me. And I was focusing my thoughts on that negativity, but I wasn't praying to God. I wasn't praying for those people. I wasn't praying for those situations as much as I could have been. So I think if I could go back um, the past several months, I would be a prayer warrior harder than I was. Um, I would pray more. Um, a lot of people think that prayer is this very weird and um, almost irrelevant thing nowadays because you're not talking to someone. It's not a tangible person that you can talk to to, to help you get through circumstances or to think for what they have done for you. Um, but for me, I think the most important thing about prayer um, is that you're not just going to, to God in prayer for a moment of, um, of guidance or to, or to have help through your suffering. Like you can go to him in any situation and in any moment and thank him for that or um, ask him for guidance and ask him more for provision in that. Um, and so in every moment of disunity or unity the past seven months, I would pray more. Um, and then I also think um, in, in perspective of like the racial um, injustice and everything happening that, as you said, is the highest that it has ever been in humanity. Um, as we see, I think that what I would do differently is to not let the fear of what other people may think or say about me keep me from standing up for my brothers and sisters that are of color or of a different religion or of different interests than I am. Um, yeah. I would speak up more for that person and I would love them more and not necessarily hate those that aren't loving them, but just give them the love that they deserve um, because yeah. they're not getting that. Um, yeah. So I think the most that those are two of the things that I would do differently. If I could go back in the last seven months, I would pray more and I would speak up. I would stand up and stay strong in the truth of the Lord for my neighbors and brothers and sisters that deserve to be loved. So, yeah, no. And I think that's great. I think, um, you know, Rusty George, who's the lead pastor at real life, uh, church in California out here. Uh, he's in a couple episodes earlier. So if you haven't listened to that one, please go listen to it. He taught, he wrote a book called after amen. Um, and what he had found out was that a lot of people were coming up to him and saying, you know, these are the things they're going through. And he would ask if they've been praying and they would say, yes, I've prayed. What do I do now? And so he found in the, in the scriptures, seven things that you can do after you say amen you know, while you're waiting on God. And it's such a great book. And I think that really kind of keys into what you're saying, Mallory, is like, we can't forsake the communion of prayer because it's so vital to who we are as followers. It's it's our chain. It's the way we, one of the ways that we connect um, to our creator is, is by just taking that solitude moment 
to not only speak our concerns, our needs, and our admiration of God, but then to hear back that flow back to us, right? And then secondly, I I love the posture of being able to say, you know, when when I look back, I I I wish that I would have been bold enough in what I believe in my convictions, not to the point that I'm making someone else feel horrible about theirs, but to the point to say, I want to advocate for the value that God gives my brothers and sisters who are of color, who are um, oppressed, whether they're black, white, or any other race that that are marginalized. Man, I want to be a voice for them because the, the scriptures tell us that that's part of who we are, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and I love that about you. I love that, that you can look back and and be honest and recognize that, yeah, there's some things that I could do better, or there's some things that I wish I had done better um, in that as well. Well, Mallory, in looking at, looking kind of back, what, what were some of the things though, that really helped you stay healthy spiritually? What were some of the things that kept your spiritual reservoir, reservoir, like filled so that way you can continue to progress on in your leadership of yourself in your ministry. Yeah. So I love this, this idea of spiritual health and um, spiritual and emotional maturity. Um, I'm currently rereading this book called emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, And this is about the third time I've gone through it. Yes. You guys should read it. unshameful plug I'm putting in there. Um, but it's the third time I've gone through it. And every single time I've been slapped in the face about, you know, when I ask these questions, why am I so tired? Like, why am I exhausted in ministry? Why am I feeling so weak and exhausted all the time? Um, and it's because my spiritual health is just, it's weary, it's weak. And so what I've found through reading this book and through other podcasts and um, through other pastors and mentors is um, this idea of spiritual disciplines, um, which at Johnson, I took a class just for this. And so I learned the importance of a lot of spiritual disciplines, but ones that I become very intentional with are um, solitude and prayer. Um, and solitude is, it's a weird thing, um, but solitude is one of the most important spiritual disciplines that um, I have experienced and that I have been intentional about. Um, but solitude is literally, it's just this time to literally be silent, to not be consumed with what's happening around you to just be in the moment. Um, I think about Psalm 46, 10, to be still and to just know that God is there, that God is God, that God is sovereign. And it is so beautiful when you can just be still, when you can get rid of the distractions that are surrounding you and know that the peace of God can overwhelm you and to find his presence around you is so beautiful. Um, and so that is in the, the last several months of this transition and this adjustment that has been a pivotal and vital thing for me to do is to be in those moments of solitude. Um, and then prayer, as I said earlier, just the, the power of prayer is so important and so crucial in any in anyone's life, not just a faith life, but the power of being able to, to talk to God and to be in conversation with Him um, and to thank Him and to ask Him for guidance and um, to sometimes cry with Him and to just be in his presence is such a powerful thing. And, and those are things that have guided me and that have pushed me and helped me be successful, successful and rising in this ministry. Um, so, and those are two forms of self-care that, that I see in my eyes. And so those are very important to me and will continue to be important to me as I continue in my ministry. 
Yeah, I, I love that idea about solitude. I think that's probably one of the hardest things to do um, in our digital age is to be so, to be silent, to turn the electronic off, to get away from distraction and noise and just be still. Probably so hard. And it's definitely hard in my house because I got kids and uh, <laughs> my wife and, uh, and, and we try to have moments of those, but you know, how good can, yeah, how good can it, could it be for you if we were to take those moments to just hear without anything else to hear from the Lord, to hear how much he values us, how much he loves us and what he has purposed us for. Right. Yeah. Well, Mallory, to close us out here, bring us home. Can you give us a couple of things? And you have a unique space because you're you're female. So speak specifically to our female listeners. What 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 is a couple of things that they can be doing um, to lead well in their homes and wherever they may or may not be working? Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest things that um, if I were to to uh, focus with the female population and female ministers um, is we have this this vision for ourselves that that we have to do things perfect the first time that we have to get this done. We've got to help this person, but also help ourselves and do everything in order and check our lists off. Um, and so I would say the biggest thing, and this could go even to all of humanity, um, is to give yourself grace. Um, be okay. Mm, be okay with messing up. Be okay with failure. And when you do fail, laugh it off, get up, try again. Um, mm. We live in a world that is so, so, so judgmental and um, very harsh. People judge you, um, people discourage you, and it can almost be a burden that affects you more than you know. Um, and I know for me as a female minister, that has been um, very heavy. Um, and so I have learned to give myself grace. So I would tell other females and all of humanity to give yourself grace. Tell yourself it's okay to mess up. It's okay not to be okay. Laugh at your failures cry it off, but also take serious the moment to get up, to not give up and to try, to try again, because the last thing we should do is, um, is, is to just give up. Because if you, if you really think about it, if Jesus were to just give up when he was carrying the cross that he was going to be crucified on, then where would we be? We would not be here right now. Um, and so he chose to keep going, so we should choose to keep going, even when it's hard, even when it hurts, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's a pandemic that we don't know how to deal with anything. Um, just keep going, give yourself grace, um, and um, just keep thriving, keep surviving, um, and God will provide. Just remember that, too. God will, will provide through it all. So Right. And it's not, and I love that. I love that, that God will provide. Keep going dust yourself off, get up, keep going. God's going to provide. And it's not, you know, we're not teaching, we're not talking about prosperity gospel here. We're talking about the simple truth that God will give us exactly what we need. Not maybe always what we want, but exactly what we need. And what we need will get us through this, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, Mallory, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, you're so welcome. Thank you for asking me. This has been such an honor and it's been fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and view wherever you listen to podcasts, which will help this show reach more people. And you guys know what I say. It's all this is about, not fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring 
every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.